You better enjoy it while you got it because in uh, like 24, 36 hours uh, from now, yeah, you're going to have a white Christmas, all right. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> all right. Uh, ho, ho. Hey, hey. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 47, Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry. Yes, we are a little bit Christmassy today. Even got some uh, socks going. Got some socks uh, going on here. Um, all right. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not a runway model, but uh, you can only work with what you got. Coming up on the show today, we have got some super tip for you. If you're buying gift cards for Christmas, man, you got to see this show uh, because something's going on out there that I can almost guarantee that you did not know was going on. Anyway, uh, the show as per usual is fueled by Gales Gas Bars. We're powered by WeStream, supported by Verge Insurance Group. Verge Insurance Group Limited, Niagara's, uh, one of Ni Niagara's longest standing insurance uh, companies for all your insurance needs. And we are going into what is today a beautiful location here at uh, 149 St. Paul, which is Fiddler's Poor House. And um, we want you to come on in. It's, it's absolutely a spectacular day. We could almost take the class outside, uh, but we're not gonna go quite that far. And um, yeah, this, uh, this gift card scam thing that's going on, especially this time of year, you've gotta stick around and uh, uh, and, and watch us for that. We have a Niagara Entertainer coming up uh, at the end of the show, as per usual, to play us off the stage. Yes, this is our sort of uh, Christmassy, a little. This is about as ugly sweater Christmas as I uh, as as I get. Whoa! No, I haven't been drinking. That's the camera. <laughs> And uh, so all you have to do uh, is sit back, pour yourself a beverage uh, of your choice, be it hot, cold, uh, fizzy or otherwise, and we'll be right back in 30 seconds. Come on in. Hello, I'm, uh, I'm getting there. I have a little plug-in to do and then we shall be connected and uh, welping, uh, welcoming you again into uh, Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry. Another guest I forgot to mention that's coming up. Remember we talked to Brick and Nick before, a couple weeks ago, and he was competing in uh, that Lego competition and he couldn't tell us how everything turned out because of course you're sworn to secrecy well we're going to have him back on the program today and uh, the secret is out because it was on tv last week he won the damn thing he actually he and uh, his, his partner stacy actually won it um psh. anyway uh he's going to come on a uh, at about 12.45. I would have voted for Stacy anyway, but 
that's a whole different conversation. Uh, so um, we're going to start here with Shaggy the dog. Remember, remember Shaggy the dog. Well, this is uh, kind of a combination sad and happy story. Late one night, it was reported that a dog was seen roaming around near Portage and, and Stanley, which is very close to the border between Canada and Lewiston, New York State, right by, not too far from the bridge. Well, a girl and her dog decided to, well, the girl decided, the dog went along, to go look for this animal because her dog, she said, was pretty good at scent tracking. Well, they found the dog and he was okay, but he was pretty gnarly looking. And they contacted the Humane Society. The Humane Society contacted the police who contacted the Parks Police, which is all the right protocols. Uh, and eventually the Humane Society uh, took possession of the dog. They cleaned him up, made sure he was uh, disinfected or disinfleed uh, and, and trimmed and, and groomed. And then waited to see if somebody came out of the woodwork to claim this dog or to say that they knew this dog, but that has not happened. And what is happening now is the dog is being put up for adoption. No, he is not being destroyed. He is being put up for adoption. So if your heart went out to this pooch during our story, and I don't see why it wouldn't, um, and he kind of looks like something uh, that you, you might like to give a permanent home, contact the Lincoln County Humane Society. And the lady that... Uh, lady that found the dog with her dog said he was really really friendly and rolled over for belly rubs and stuff like that so he's not an, he's not an aggressive animal as far as we know but that's that sort of puts the puts the stamp kevin on uh, on that story i have my little christmas table uh, set up this is santa baby that's what i call him that's uh madonna gave that to me not Anyway, uh, that's my Santa baby, and uh, this is uh, to toast you on uh, 2022 Christmas. I hope you have a hell of a good 2023. Kevin Jack of, uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, good day, sir. Kevin Jack of uh, WeStream, you have been a busy lad. You and Brandon Scram, your partner and your, and your henchman at uh, WeStream, Canada's premier streaming service. You have been rather busy, I would assume, this Yeah, season. we have been busy. A lot of it personal stuff. Maybe I'll share some photos later on. Yeah. On Friday, uh, the Fam Jam, we all went out to Balls Falls. And I think it's the first year that the Conservation Authority has put on kind of a winter wonderland walk through the lights. And it, it was, it was gorgeous. Yeah, it was so nice. I'll throw some photos up later. Um, and other than that, just, you know, the hustle and bustle of everybody else. It seems that uh, Christmas is sneaking up on us, coming up on Sunday, and yeah. there's still so much to do. And uh, also snuck in a trip to go see my dad. Hi, Dad. I know you're watching. From, how is uh, your dad doing, Kevin? My dad's doing okay. If people don't know, had a bit of a, a medical episode maybe yeah. three weeks ago. He's still in hospital in Belleville, but he's doing really good. We got up there to see him on the weekend, and uh, we got to see together the greatest soccer game ever played. And I think oh, you did, too. Oh, my goodness. Know, yeah. Mr. Jack, uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, uh, keep your keep your spirits up because you'll be out of that 
place and uh, kicking the ball down the field uh, soon. But yes, that, that football match almost got me interested in soccer, which is a sport in which I have never been interested. I, uh, I have always thought of it as in incredibly slow uh, to watch, but knowing that it is one of the huge sports on the planet, if not the biggest and most well and heavily attended sport on the planet. But that, the, the final, and I didn't even see the whole game, but I knew that Argentina was up 2-0 at, uh, at the half. So I actually sat down because I didn't have uh, that much to do, and I said, there's, there's the guy, Mbappe. Um, <laughs> Close. Mbappe. Mbappe, yeah. Um, a hat trick. He scores a hat trick for France in the second half and still doesn't win the game. And then Messi uh, had, if there was ever going to be a career-ending game, that would have been it uh, for Messi on Argentina's side. He slept with the he slept with the boot <laughs> uh, that night. There are pictures on the internet of him in bed with the boot. Uh, but uh, yes, yeah, so if you haven't seen it, Lee, I mean, here was the uh, the first penalty, Messi, and this puts Argentina up oh, one nothing. Yeah, I mean, this is early, right? Twenty second minute, very early. Yeah, there you go, Messi. There were scores. a lot of penalty kicks in this game. There were, but all warranted. Oh yeah, I'm not saying that they weren't they weren't earned. I mean, this was a, the second goal by Argentina, which was just marvelous football. And then to go to extra time, and then to line up for for penalty shots Boom. at the end. There's Mbappe with his first. Um, yeah. And then Messi gets stripped of the ball. Scores a hat trick, this guy. I mean, this is just a textbook give and go. What a great volley. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like taking it. That's a That was a risky shot, you know, where he took that right out of the air. He could have missed completely. May as well just, oh, there we go. I, I always like the, the celebration, right? Here you go. Yeah. Goaltenders, you know, I, I feel for, I feel for uh, soccer goaltenders because all you're doing is guessing. You're trying to, you're trying to guess which way the ball's going to go. You can't possibly react after he's kicked it. It's too late. Uh, and man. some of those scenes yesterday from uh, Buenos Aires, they said five million people in the downtown. The team had to be airlifted out by helicopter. Oh yeah, they're they're, no way to they're, get out. they're they're folk heroes. They're uh, they, they won't be able to go anywhere in public for uh, quite some time till that dies down. And they rejigged, unfortunately, uh, after the World Cup, they recalculate the standings of countries' soccer teams around the planet. Canada got downgraded by something like 12 spots, went from like 53 to or 41 to 53. Or uh, or somewhere in that neighborhood, and it's a it's kind of a complicated system. But even Argentina isn't at number one; they're in number they're in number two. I think France is three. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a weird system where you just it's a, win. it's a complicated handicapping system. I mean, you just win the World Cup, but you're still not ranked one in the world. Like, what more do I have to do, Lee? Well, it goes back though. It it, it includes penalties. Had they won the game. Without penalty shots, they would have been number one in the world. So it, they're, they're, um, they're defaulted by 
other elements of the game that we don't understand. And I never will understand it. But nevertheless, as they were saying during this broadcast, this is the most watched or the, the most exciting, the biggest soccer match, or in their vernacular, football match, ever to be played. So I count myself lucky in the fact that if I never see another soccer game again, it's not going to break my heart. But if I don't see another one, I'll know that I saw one of the best of all time. Because it was damned exciting. It truly, truly was. Um, you were with your dad watching that? Yeah, we watched it uh, in the hospital. There's a bit of a common room, so it was great. You know, it's a great bit of escape for us as well, right? You're, well, yeah, yeah. You take your mind off what's going on. Absolutely. So it was so nice, and I'll remember that for the rest of the rest of my life. Nice. And, and like you, if I never see another soccer game in it's my okay. life, I know that I You've just seen saw, the best. I just saw the best one. Um, Lee, let's uh, let's set up our, our first uh, yeah. guest. Okay, here. This, this, is, this is some. Uh, this lady, uh, Nichelle Loss, she is a former police officer with uh, Peel Region, York Region. Uh, she is the owner of a business called 416 Tactical. And she posted a video about purchasing gift cards. Now, she happened to be, as I understand it, at a shopper's drug mart. We'll find out more from her. But there is a very, very tricky and slick scam happening in some retail outlets that sell gift cards and she put this video up to clue us in on what it was so here it is i almost got scammed again guys i want you to pay particular attention especially while holiday shopping to be very careful with gift cards all right so what happened was i came up and i was actually buying a gift card hundred dollar gift card for playstation so i picked up the first one and I just felt the back. And if you can see, there's a fake barcode on that. So what happens is the scammers take these empty cards home and they put their own barcode on top here. And you can almost feel it, or you can feel it. I don't know if you can see it, but it's an actual fake one on there. Here's a real one and there's no raised barcode on there. So I'm gonna now take the fake one to the cash to show you what comes up when it gets scammed. Let's go. Now, if you see, that comes up as the LCBO, which does not match the PlayStation card here. Wow. So to reiterate what happened, I grabbed a PlayStation card, but it actually had an LCBO barcode on it. So what the scammer has at home somewhere is that LCBO card. And that card would have got loaded with $100 had I paid for this card. I hope that makes sense. And what you need to do is make sure the barcode is okay. And of course, you check that at the cash. Stay safe and happy shopping. Thank you, Nichelle Loss, who joins us now live uh, in living color uh, here on Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry. Nichelle, hi. How you doing? Hi, I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're welcome, and thanks for being here. Um, how did you discover this thing going on? Well, it was actually about a month ago when I went to purchase uh, my first gift card of the holiday season and I went up to the cash register and it was the cashier at the time who actually took the back of my gift card at that time and ran her finger across it and she says, oh, you probably don't want to be getting this one. This one's a fake one. So me being an ex-cop, I said, what do you mean? You know, 
So she was the one who explained to me what was happening and that, you know, she finds them all the time in her store. It was at the pharmacy. And so she, she told me, you know, uh, like at the time I had a winner's card. That was the first card that I had. And when she scanned it, she showed me that it was actually an ESO card that scanned up on her cash register. Wow. So had that transaction gone through, I would have loaded an ESO card, which belonged to, of course, the scammers who ended up putting that card there in the, in the gift card display. So it was incredible the way, I mean, the way she explained it and the way I explained it, of course, after that on my second video was they come into the store and take empty gift cards off the display yeah. and then, you know, go away, whether they go home or wherever they do it and put stickers on like sticker barcodes literally on top of the card itself. Well, I've seen, and, I, I've seen cards that have like a raised thing on the back I never thought anything of it so I might have been getting a gift card that was from someplace else you might have and I have received I mean when I say thousands of comments and messages of people who have been scammed you know I mean it's not a new scam it's the first time I've heard about it some people have heard about it before but I can't even imagine how much money these scammers have made no. now the curveball in that too is you know if they let, let's say I had in that case in particular was a winner's card or my PlayStation card if the fake barcode on top of that was an actual PlayStation card or in my first you know my first time was a winner's card that's when you have to do the extra step and make sure that the numbers on the actual line card match line up exactly so that's another kind of clever way if, if you want to call it that that they could be scamming you as well Kevin and I uh, uh, were talking about this prior to you coming on prior to us doing this show and we were wondering why would someone load um, a, a PlayStation like a Sony card onto a gas card or a, or or a, or another card uh, as opposed to trying to make it more difficult by putting them on the same kind of card you know what i'm saying like what why why would they throw something on an lcbo card i think what happens is specifically playstation because it's the holiday season so many parents like myself i mean i have four boys and i, I don't know how many lists of mine include they're all the same they're playstation or they're v bucks for Fortnite. so they're all the popular cards right uh, you know winners is a very popular i know i i give winners cards out all the time you know and so they take the popular ones i think you know put it in that front spot because most people just grab that first card not expecting you know to get scammed no and then head up to the cash register well what's really happening is you're loading you know the the lcbo cards or the gas cards or things that are loadable and important to the scammers michelle um this might be putting too much onus on one particular part of this scenario but as a former police officer does it not make you wonder why the retailers aren't more accountable for the merchandise that are that's coming off their shelves? And so many people have said the same thing. You know, it's the onus of the retailer. It's, you know, the job, of, let's say, of the cashier. I mean, they're and selling still, this stuff. Exactly. And I some, you know, I do agree because as a customer, you're trusting the place that you're going into that you're yeah. obviously not going to get scammed, especially if they're not going to return your money. A 
a lot of people have had really hard time getting their money back or it's you know a couple of months of back and forth and you know not giving up that they'll finally return their money but some people are literally out of luck and haven't had their money returned so I mean it's disappointing it's frustrating and it's embarrassing if you give an empty card that you had no <laughs> idea about you know it's it's embarrassing so, so I also know that you know something should be done at the retail level yeah there's got to be some sort of screening done so that somebody can't just walk out with blank cards without alarms going off or something. There's got to be some coding uh, take place. Now, what happens in this scenario? I get a card for Christmas. It's a PlayStation mm -hmm. credit. So I go into where I buy my PlayStation stuff. It doesn't work. Does it come up on the screen when you try to use it where it did go? That's a good question. I haven't, you know, I haven't had one like that where it's actually being used. From what I hear, once it's loaded, the scammers see that it's loaded, they empty it out. So they'll empty it out. They'll go right to the LCBO or whatever that fake oh, one was. Okay. Mass card. They'll use it right away. So it's going to so be empty I'm, no matter what. It's going to be empty, yes. And for the most part, you know, they're on, you know, I, I'm saying the scammers are on like checking their fake cards every day. Has it been loaded? Has it been loaded? Once they see it's loaded, they'll go and spend it and wipe it out right away. So that, you know, that instance, there's not going to be money on there. Even if it belongs to another card, it just won't be there. So in essence, if you get a gift card and it's been one of those that has been victimized by this scam, it's going to be worthless no matter what you do with it. Exactly. And that's the frustrating part. I've had so many comments and people reaching out to me saying, you know, they went to dinner with, let's say, a, you know, a keg card, like a dinner card, yeah. you know, a hundred dollar card and they go to pay for their dinner and it's empty and they can't understand. They're like, well, I, I'm sure I received it. I don't think I've used it. And then they, it's embarrassing to go back to the person who gave it to you and said, did you really give me it? You know, it's, it's yeah, there was nothing on it. Yeah. And I think that's why it hasn't actually been out there. So having uh, social media platforms and, you know, this going viral, so to speak, was was a really great thing. And, and you know, I'm really grateful and thankful that it's actually. And in the meantime, there. somebody has spent all this money. Yeah, so Kevin, much. did you have something? Well, yeah, just. Oh, just on the other side of it, what makes the scam somewhat clever is the timing of it around Christmas because most of us are going to buy gift cards, but we won't give them until the 25th. They may not be redeemed for weeks or months after that. So yeah. there's this big window for them to verify that it's been yeah. loaded and spend it. On that side of it, is there any recourse through the police or anything to track them once the cards are spent? Do you know anything about that? You know, like you see if somebody uses your, your credit card, if it's stolen, maybe you can go to the point of sale and say, hey, let's look at the tapes. Does it get that far? Does it escalate that high? I think it could. And I think especially given the situation now that it's out there, they're, they're going to pay particular attention. There's so many ways that you can, you know, once the investigation uh, kind of like, depending on how much money as well. And this is the smart thing. If they're doing $50 here and $50 there and it's at different locations, you know, like they the retailers may not even claim that or go to the police at that matter you know they'll just kind of refund the card and kind of just say hey this was a loss in the company like i don't know at which yeah. point which threshold they'll actually contact the police but there can be recourse there's theft there's fraud you can check the security cameras because a lot of times you know and it, you may see you know a particular individual standing by the gift card display kind of grabbing gift cards and those are the people to look for especially if they're going to walk out but 
you know, it's it's one of those things. Uh, how can you prove it? How can yeah. you prove it? Yeah, like the them, I, the, you know? <laughs> the ironic part of that. It's a very brilliant scam, actually. No. Because yes. the, because the bright part about that is the fact that they're really not stealing anything, other than a half a penny worth of plastic. That's right. So they can walk out. The alarms aren't going to go off because you're technically, other than the piece of plastic that it's worth, like you said, there's no value on the card. And then they'll come back and replace it. And I mean, you're right. It is a brilliant scam. I wish they would use their brains for something productive. No you know? kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this is obviously now. Have you been in any communication with your former comrades in law enforcement to say, hey, uh, are you guys and ladies? looking into this are you aware that they're probably aware that it's going on uh but uh there really needs to be some sort of protocol change here uh i think i haven't personally been into touch i mean we've i've been on so many interviews in the last couple of weeks and the word is out there i think maybe not so much at the police level yet but i know definitely at the retailers i i and i'm it, it must have gotten out so much because you know friends leaving come to me where they're telling people you know who are, who are buying gift cards they're going up to them and they're feeling barcodes and they're looking i actually see people doing that now so for that word, for the word to get out that much, it's it's very impressive. But so, I also noticed a couple of times that I've gone to purchase more gift yeah. cards because it hasn't stopped me from buying gift cards. I'm just more aware. But the cashiers are really good now. They're looking, they're feeling, they're visually checking. They're also looking on their screen. So I'm really, really happy that at least that is happening. Yeah, indeed. Uh, now, Michelle, is any gift card or any? Um, any card of any sort, really, that has a barcode that is raised on the back, is that suspect? It's only suspect if you if you actually peel it off. Let's say you peel it off and yeah. you can tell it's a different barcode or you can tell it's fake. The ones I have or the ones that I, you know, you'll actually see it's a sticker that's been placed upon it. Right. And when you lift it up, you can see the original one that's been embossed on the card. So you can okay. actually see. So, you know, because some do have barcode stickers, but when you lift them off, they're usually clear. There's nothing underneath. You can actually tell that it's, you know, so that it's if, if I mean, if you go to, into a place and there's a lot of, there's a lot of the same kind of card, mm -hmm. we would be best advised to not buy a card that has a raised addition uh, on the back of the card. We'd be better... Uh, better advised to buy a card that's just smooth, right? Just smooth or a barcode that has been actually embossed on the back of the card. Yeah. Or you can do your secondary checks as well, like physically inspect it, you know, try to peel that sticker away, see if it's different, head to the cash register, scan yeah, it. Yeah, the cashiers can check and see what it's for, right? Yeah, and so can you. You can do that, you know, um, also, I mean, if, if, if she's checking, great. Uh, he or she is checking it's great but you can also do your checks and just look on the register is it coming up as the same you know first of all the same card but secondly are those numbers matching so the, those are you know two three steps that you would take excellent this was a uh, this was a shoppers because i know shoppers drug mart is one of those stores that has probably the one of the largest arrays of different kinds of uh of gift cards and that's where you were at this time I was, and I kind of felt bad because I didn't mean to call out shoppers, but the two no, cards... No, no, it's not I them, really. Find, 
Yeah, I know. And, and you know, it raises the other question. I mean, yes, the scammers are doing this, people, you know, who we think people are coming in, but could it be at a bigger level? Could it be, you know, the, the supplier be, you know, giving it cards like this? Huge. It could be huge. Could it be the cashiers? Could it be the managers? You don't want to think that way, but, yeah. you know, where, you know, where, where does we it stop? Exactly. Or yeah. start. And, <laughs> and Michelle, exactly. I got a question about that, about the where. You said you've been getting a lot of comments. Um, geographically, where are you getting reports that people are seeing this scam? Oh, that's a good question because my, you know, it's it's TikTok. It's kind of worldwide. Same thing. Instagram. Um, I don't know specifically because the people who are commenting are just because it's gone From viral. All over. Yeah, they're all over. But I do have to say that it's it's really not only shoppers. There's um, people were commenting, um, you know, especially also from the states. They were saying, you know, Walgreens and all, all the the American companies as well. Um, where else? I felt a oh, Walmart. Like it's a lot of retail stores. So I kind of felt good in one way that I wasn't picking on shoppers. <laughs> yes. Because I had found one at Canadian Tire and Walmart as well. In the in the three weeks, my, me and my kids, we would go shopping, and they they think it would be fun to go to the gift card display and look for fake cards. And they found within those like two two weeks, we found five. That's amazing. So yeah. Well, thank you for thank you for the alert because I got to tell you, I am never going to accept or see or advise anybody to buy a card, even if it might be legitimate. That's got a raised barcode. Or, or ID number on the back of it. I'm just gonna, I just won't do it. Yeah, some other, you know, and, and also the ones that are, um, have you ever seen the ones enclosed in packages? So I think these yes. are MasterCard. So be careful of those too, because what happens is they'll cut a slit in the package. So they'll do a little perforation on the side, pull out the card, stick that barcode on there, put it back in and you'd never know because it's just that slight wow. perforation in there. Yeah. So I mean, you just really. Why are people have to so diabolically I mean, intelligent? I don't know. Like I said, I wish they would use it for good use. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, do you miss being a cop? I know you got your own business right now. I, I, I think because you spent some of your time, we should promote you a little bit. That what is four one six tactical? Well, it's a emergency services tactical store, and we provide uniforms, uh, gear, accessories, anything for uh, it, you know police, fire, ambulance, corrections, security, anybody basically frontline emergency services. So I'm still in the field, not just in the same way. Well, um, kudos to you. Where is your store? It's in Etobicoke, okay. Toronto. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, good idea. Good. I'm. Uh, I'm assuming you're doing well because there must be a market for that material. There's always a market. It's a great niche. In fact, uh, when I left policing, we had opened a gym, and during COVID, uh, thank you. You know, it it, it shut down, and uh, you know, found the silver lining and decided to pivot and change it into a tactical store, and it's been amazing. Well, good for you, uh, Nichelle Loss. Um, uh, owner of 416 Tactical and a whistleblower on the gift card industry. Amazing. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you spreading the awareness and yeah. getting the, the word out there. Well, if things develop, uh, and I'm sure they will uh, in this story from your perspective, get back in touch with us and let's do this again as, uh, as, the, as the story rolls on. Sounds good, I will. All right, thanks, Michelle. 
Okay, thank you. Have a nice day. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye. Awesome. Kevin, I think we've done our, uh, our civic duty today. That, that's a good piece of information. I was blown away. When I watched your video, I got, oh my God, the simplicity of it all. And it is so simple. I'm surprised it took them this long. Like you said, why are they so diabolically genius? Yeah. And maybe it didn't take them this long. They might have been doing this for... It might have taken us this long to figure it out. You go up there, you scan it, you put 100 bucks, And like you said, you go to the keg two months later with your nice $100 gift card, hand it in, they say, sorry, there's nothing on this card. Crazy. But basically at that point, no recourse. Our next uh, guest uh, will give you a heads up about in just a minute uh, after I thank our sponsors once again for being here and wish them all a very, very Merry Christmas. Gales Gaspars Limited, thank you so much for uh, fueling this program almost from its inception. Um, they are not only a living wage employer here in Niagara, they are rainbow registered, which means that they are a safe haven for customers and employees alike, no matter their creed, color, orientation, etc. Uh, the LGBTQ plus, add as many letters as you like, community are uh, supported by and recognized in a positive way by Gail's Gaspars. Uh, also, the Verge Insurance Thank you very much for supporting us. Uh, one of the longest standing insurance brokers in, in Niagara for all your insurance needs. Thank you so much for that. Uh, WeStream has been busy. WeStream Canada's premier streaming service. Executive producer Kevin Jack, also co-founder and creator of uh, not only the use of the technology, but the concept behind which it serves. And uh, Kevin, you... Uh, you guys have been pretty busy as well. You're back into the, you're back into the city, and town council routine for another term. Um, yeah, looking for a nice break though over the holidays. Yeah. I think just like just like everybody else. Yeah. To Fiddler's uh, Poor House, uh, we toast you. Thank you very much for your hospitality. And um, they're going to be busy over the over the holidays as well. So make sure you bring your friends and family in here, maybe maybe over the holidays, give them a call ahead of time to make sure that you got a seat to sit in. Uh, they also uh, operate uh, Monty's over on Ontario Street. And uh, what's the sub shop, Kevin, that uh, we got, that uh, Dave got? Oh, let me see here. Dave Mukperian. Oh, no, do you know the name of the sub shop? What's the name of the sub shop? Luke's sub shop. Yeah, we're not 100% sure. We're not 100% sure? I should know more. Because it's a new... Hey? House of Subs. House of Subs. House of Subs. Over in Meriton. It's a a new acquisition by uh, Dave Mukperian and his uh, folks. They're over in Meriton. So um, uh, to all the folks over there as well, uh, have a a happy holiday. And to Dave Mukperian and Mel and Randy and the staff... Thanks for putting up with us, because they, they have to kind of throw their lives out of order when we come in and uh, take command of the place once a week, and, um, which is something, Kevin, we might, be, we might be going to once every couple of weeks in the new year. We'll let everybody know what we're doing. 
Yeah, something I was going to add to that, Lee. You're right. A schedule change possibly for the program. Uh, so you might be seeing more of us. You might be seeing less of us. Um, uh, <laughs> There's a lot of lines there. <laughs> Fiddlers. Uh, Fiddlers is one of the very few places that is actually open on Christmas Day. Mm. And they open at 8 p.m. And, uh, you know, for, for most of us, we're going, oh, well, why? Well, you know what? It's not all of us. And there are a lot of people that... Um, that are either living alone or don't have family gatherings on Christmas or just don't even observe the holiday. So what do I do when everybody else? Well, you come down to Fiddler's. Yeah. Right? You come down to Fiddler's and you meet a lot of people that are in a similar situation um, and you make some new friends. So, you know, if people are looking on Christmas Day, what's open in town? Fiddler's is open. So awesome. come on down. Try yeah. the Arancini balls. Uh, and uh, my friend Johnny and I would, would like to say drink responsibly uh, all through the holidays. It's a very very important because we've had some tragic cases happen over 2022 and we don't need any more of them because of that now uh, the, oh sorry go ahead I, I was just going to talk about the uh, the weather that's on the horizon let's do that um, because I was uh, I was going to slide into our next guest but yes uh, holiday weather is supposed to be a mess you might have a white Christmas but as I said near the beginning of the show be careful what you wish for um, because we have a major storm system moving through our area. I believe, Kevin, starting tomorrow night, if I am not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, here we go. I, I can't read what it says there. The print's a little small. Okay, so precipitation may begin as rain or snow late Thursday right. before possibly transitioning to rain in many areas early Friday. Temperatures are expected to plummet on Friday leading to a potential flash freeze for locations that receive rainfall. Rapidly falling temperatures will be accompanied by strong to potentially damaging winds along with snow that may be heavy at times. Blizzard conditions are possible late Friday into the weekend for areas downwind of Lake Huron and Georgian Bay. Right. Okay. So it's a, it's a little bit of everything. And another, as if we had to say this, Another heads up is the fact that Pearson Airport is a mess. I should have mentioned this off the top of the program, but I was listening to the reports prior to the show starting. There have been flights canceled. There have been people waiting for days uh, to get to where they're going. And it's not even snowing there yet. <laughs> so. Why Why this airport, why our airport, why any airport has this irresponsible backup? And I say irresponsible because I, I hasten to think that it's all about money and the operations of the airlines. And if they can't, if, if that airline figures that they can't afford to put that plane up in the air because they either don't have enough people in it or whatever the hell is going on, uh, shame on you. The other thing that's happening is they might not have enough people and equipment on the ground because I did hear a report that there were not enough people and or pieces of equipment to de-ice and prepare all of the aircraft properly for safe takeoff. Now, don't quote me on it because I'm just indulging in hearsay and rumor at the moment. Suffice to say, if you have a flight or one of your loved ones has a flight planned, 
um, either coming in or going out, but mainly going out of the Pearson International Airport out of Mississauga. Uh, they call it Toronto, but it's actually Mississauga. Uh, you better double, triple, and fourple check uh, what the hell is going on because we are headed for once again a real cluster. You know what, uh, as far as travel is concerned over the holidays. And uh, I, I hate to say that, I hate to give you bad vibes, but don't just assume that your plane is going to happen when it's supposed to happen. Check it out, be aware of what's going on. If you can find out, oftentimes uh, you have to wait till you're on the road to get to the airport, to get to your plane on time before you find out that you're screwed and not even kissed first. So, um, it, could be, uh, it could be crazy. And I don't want to be negative, Kevin, over the holidays, but I just, I just, I just see, a, I see a, a train wreck coming where there should be an airplane flight. <laughs> you know? uh, I don't, I don't, I, don't I, make it a, I make it a point to not travel over the holidays, or any holiday for that matter, because it just doesn't work out. Yeah, I have to. You know, I'm supposed to be heading up to uh, to Belleville. My dad is supposed to be coming home for a day. You're not flying to Belleville. Though. No, I know, but I'm driving. But I think it's going to impact. Oh, it's going to. It's not going to. That's a terrible drive in the winter. I know. So I, I don't know. Like right now, it's touch and go, and it's it, you know, it's it's hard to look out the window today on a beautiful sunny December Terrific day and go. Wait, what do you mean? It 36 hours from now, I'm not going to be able to drive. Well, but here's what I here's what I know. Your mother will tell you. Stay home, Kevin. I know. She doesn't want uh, her baby and your babies on the highway between here and Belleville uh, in a snowstorm. I know, but... I've been there. You don't want to go there. I know. The reality is, though, is that my dad needs a little help getting uh, from the hospital home and from home back to the hospital. I know that's something that's going to be big for him and big okay. for our family as well. So. But there are professionals that will do that. I know. I know. But I think everybody has their own little quandary that they're dealing with, right? So many people have to get away, go back home, whether it's... a. Uh, Peterborough or Windsor or Chatham or up into the Muskokas, you know, a lot of people traveling. On we live we live in this little microclimate here in Niagara, and we get off pretty easy, other than perhaps the southern tier, uh, for Colburn, Fort Erie, Ridgeway area, it kind of gets nailed along with Buffalo on the other side of the river. Um, but uh, on, on, points, on points north uh, and east, like St. Catharines and Northern Niagara Falls and Niagara-on-the-Lake, we tend to luck out numerous times. When, uh, don't, I mean, we get hit, you know, but, uh, but often we can escape uh, Snowmageddon when, when this stuff comes through. We don't know about this weekend yet, but um, again, uh, your loved ones don't want you out there on the road if it's, if it's crappy. Because uh, I don't like worrying about other people. I don't mind worrying about me, but I really don't like worrying about other people. So, so now you know how your loved ones feel about you. Stay, stay where you are. We'll deal with it after Boxing Day. <laughs> All uh, right, Kevin, Brick and Nick. Yeah, we got Brick and Nick, and I'm just going to set things up here uh, because of the two of us, I am a big fan 
of Lego Masters. Oh, you are the you are the uh, you you are the authority on this show. I would encourage anybody that's into reality shows or into fun or into Lego to watch this show because beyond the Lego Masters, the show itself is so entertaining and I it's see. so warm. You watch so many reality competition shows where the teams are pitted against each other, yeah. and one thing that's so warm and fuzzy about Lego Masters is that all the teams are truly rooting for each other to do well because. I don't really have any influence over how well you do. Well, no, because and, and and the thing is, this is one of those this is one of those undertakings. Unlike maybe a singer or an acrobat or something, this is a passion with all these people that is a little bit outside the box. You don't you don't grow up thinking, I want to be a professional Lego designer. Well, it was never possible. No, but now in the new era, Lee, it it, it is actually possible. Maybe for so our they next all guess. have this. So let me set this up for you. The very yeah. first year, season three, that they allow Canadians into the competition. There are 13 teams, of which three of them are Canadian. The host, Will Arnett, is Canadian. Right. When we get down to the final three teams, it is only the three Canadian teams that are left still building and Will Arnett. It had a total awesome. Canadian feel. And in the end, I could not believe that a guest that we had previously spoken to while you know throughout the Lego Master season ended up hoisting the trophy with uh, with his partner Stacy and that's Brick and Nick. That is awesome. Uh, and so he's with us now. We got him. Okay, Brick and Nick, um, welcome back to the program, victorious. Thank you so much. It's great to be back here. It, it's pretty surreal to be able to say, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back as a Lego Master. Wow. Um, it was uh, it was an experience of a lifetime for sure, uh, and and like Kevin said, you know, it was so incredible. Like, who could have imagined? Of only the three Canadian teams that were there out of the thirteen, all three of us would make it to the finale together. Do you think kind there's of a reason? Do you think there's a reason for that? Are we just are, are we just more Lego DNA? What is it with, <laughs> with us? I don't know if I'd quite go that far. I think uh, things played out in very interesting ways throughout the competition. It, it is a competition. You know, sometimes a, a misstep can lead to you unfortunately going home. Um, I definitely think, um, especially like I want to say the top five teams were really, really strong, and it could have been anyone's game. Like like things could have worked out in in any way for for those top five, uh, but we just so happened to have things work out that all three Canadian teams. All right. So the so the last time we talked, uh, at what stage in the program were we? Was it over? Had you already won the last time you were on with us? Yes, yes, that that happened uh, a couple months ago. So yeah, I've, so you I've known knew it. For, uh, been sitting on this secret for a little while. Oh my God, that must be so hard. It, it it was definitely tough, definitely tough. A lot of family and friends trying to find sneaky ways to ask questions to get info out of me. But um, you know, I ultimately I wanted to make sure that they enjoyed you know watching it all unfold. Uh, I knew what was coming, so I just really wanted them to enjoy the experience of how we got there. So uh, I had a lot of incentive not to say anything. <laughs> now, throughout the course of the program, Kevin's given me some background, and you have as well from the time we talked the last time. Um, you have historically been given uh, a theme to yeah. to work with uh, on, on a weekly basis, right? Yeah, okay. correct. Okay, so and and you have to design and build within a prescribed time frame something that relates to this theme. Yep, that's right. But the final, you designed your own. Is that correct? Yeah, we kind of just have free reign to do whatever we feel inspired to build. 
Um, so me and Stacy, luckily, really quickly came together on an idea that we felt like both very, very excited about building. Yeah. Um, so did you want to hear a little bit? Yeah, I do. Yeah. For, I, awesome, I, I, awesome. I'm fascinated. Um, so we built a life-size bookshelf. And I think uh, at bookshelf? first- Bookshelf? Yes, a bookshelf. I know that may sound a little odd, but what the inspiration behind this bookshelf was is we kind of thought the bookshelf um, as a canvas for us to put whatever we wanted to on it. So we uh, built a, a TV with some video games on it because me and Stacey grew up uh, you know, playing video games. Uh, we put lots of books on there because we both love reading. I have a little Lego. I built a, like a recreation of a little Lego organizer because obviously I grew up having all my Lego sorted so I could build with it. And then we took a lot of those elements and we kind of tried to think of different ways to bring them to life. So one of the best examples on our build is that there's a comic book that's laid open and you can kind of see the panels and strips. But bursting out of that comic book is a superhero and it's like punching through the side of the cabinet and there's debris flying everywhere. And so we wanted to kind of have sort of our childhood coming to life. We, we call the build imagination. So the idea is that, you know, if you think about it, and like, or as a kid, we always imagined, I think a lot of our toys coming to life on their own and doing their own things. Yeah. And we wanted that to be reflected in our build. You know, in its, in its simplicity, it's very complex and it's uh, the way I think about it. Uh, and again, uh, I'm a complete neophyte when it comes to anything to do with Lego or even one step below that. Uh, is It's a brilliant concept because you're not just building one thing. You're designing multiple Lego yeah. displays. I mean, the, 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 the car, the, the shelf itself is merely the conduit for all the other creative stuff. Exactly. That you yeah. put on it. And it was really, really fun. Like even just while we were working on the build, me and Stacey kept throwing out more ideas. Had you given us another 24 hours to work on it, we probably would have built you a whole bedroom filled with stuff. Cause we were just so excited by all the different ideas that we but had. But that's for, brilliant. For Cause it be. doesn't have to be big. You can do just some little thing in yeah. 10 minutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. And a lot of elements of our build are that. Like, we actually did a lot of throwbacks to some of our past challenges, too. So, like, out of a book that we had open with all the lines on the pages, we had the pirate ship from um, our episode six build kind of like storming out of it with some water. We had a spaceship from our first build on the show, uh, like bursting out of one of the pages. That's smart. That is. That, don't you think so, Kevin? I mean, that's that. What a brilliant concept! Yeah, and no, I think you just uh, freezing up here for a second, so we'll get him back. But I, I enjoyed the build, and when he when we get the reestablish the connection, I want to find out what he thought stood out about that build because at, at first, just looking at it at the concept. Oh, there we go. Oh, sorry, yeah, we're just a little frozen there, Nick. So I was just setting yeah. up, and I'll bring you back on here. Is um, as a fan of the program. I was honestly looking at your and Stacy's build and thinking, man, you know, next to that Lake Louise build, next to that great uh, kaleidoscopia that they had built, I don't know if the bookshelf really jumps out at me. Um, but it did to the judges. So what made your bookshelf build stand apart from the others in your, in your mind? Good question. I want to know that. Yeah, I think it was um, all the different ways that we found to kind of break the mold of the bookshelf. Um, we had been warned early on to make sure our build doesn't feel too boxy and that we don't like let the bookshelf kind of box in what we're doing. So we quickly realized, you know, there are a lot of great things that we can kind of add to the exterior of our build. Um, so, you know, we, we we built a skateboard with rolling wheels that was resting on the side of the, the thing. We had a little um, like cat and mouse poster on the side with the characters kind of popping out of the, the poster, representing, again, one of our past builds of the uh, mini golf challenge that we did. Um, and then... I, I think the superhero bursting through is one of the big standouts. Like it's something that even from like 10 or 15 or 20 feet away, 
you would see the bookshelf at a distance, you go, okay, something's up here. Like, like this isn't just a bookshelf, clearly. I need to go move up and inspect and see what's going on. And as you get closer, you start to see all these little stories of, you know, our, our superhero coming to life, all these sorts of minifigures running around and causing all sorts of chaos in the build. Um, there's a mini, there's a minifigure knocking over a tower, um, which represents, like, Stacy used to love building towers with her dad and knocking them over. So we just found a lot of different ways to kind of tie our personality. Journeys with Lego into the build. And I think, um, you know, especially after you've gotten to know us a little bit, yeah, as the Brickmasters did throughout the show, they could really see that we had just poured our, like, hearts and souls into this build. Uh, just another question for you here, Nick, um, about mm -hmm. the storytelling. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually we, we build Legos and we're building, you know, as children, we're building houses or homes or maybe scapes mm -hmm. or something like that. But on Lego Masters, they stress so much about the fact that your builds have to tell a story. Um, how for do you sure. come up with the stories and, and how is that the essence of effective Lego building beyond just building the sets? It's, it's telling that story. And, and to me, that was it's very foreign, but it's so cool. Yeah, it, it, it honestly, I think, just takes a lot of practice and experience to, like, find a way to let the build speak for itself, sort of. Um, I think that was something me and Stacy often tried to think about. It's like, okay, if we stepped away from this build, didn't know anything about it, and we looked at it with a fresh set of eyes, are we going to be able to start to get an understanding of what this build means and what it represents and what kind of story it's trying to tell? And so I, I do think kind of one of the elements that helped us stand out from the competition was, um, you know, Lake Louise, obviously a beautiful location, but... It, it doesn't necessarily have sort of any sort of story built in there. It's it's a beautiful destination. The build was incredible, but when you look at it, you you know you appreciate that it's an awesome place. But without a personal connection to that place, you may not feel that there's a story there. Um, so you, it's kind of a little bit specific to people who know where that place is right. and, and what it represents. Uh, and then the city build again. It's awesome that there's such a big city and there was a lot going on with it. And I do think you can look at it and, and get a little bit of a sense. Of what's going on there but you might be also be a little bit confused like you know there was centipedes kind of attacking the city and it's like uh oh okay that's like that's really fun and like i think that really represented dave and emily well so when you know them really well you really get like what their intention was with right. that build yeah. but without some of that context you might be a little bit more like oh this is cool and fun but like but i don't i'm I don't not sure i, I get relate it. to this yeah yeah now um, what okay so what was your story that you were trying yeah, our to story tell. really was just like our, our childhood coming to life um oh, i think okay. would be ultimately That's, what so it was through the comic and think, books and the characters yeah comic books video games you know sports um teddy we had a teddy bear in our build um, then, so i think it, it was very easy for almost anyone to look at our build and find something that they could relate to and they could feel a connection with and I think that's ultimately what gave us that little bit of and edge the, the, to best uh, the, the competition. The brilliance of the context was it was all brought together on the shelf. Mm -hmm. and that, yeah, that, just like we do as kids, right? We put all, all of our yeah, passions and interests yeah, on that bookshelf that we have in our room or that shelf. It's, it's very fantastical. It it's very fantastical in its, in yeah. its concept. So mm -hmm. what did you win? Um, we won, of course, the title of LEGO Masters, which, which to me is, is by far the most exciting part. Yeah. Um, we won an amazing trophy, which will hopefully be coming in the near future. Me and Stacey are going to have to share it. Is it a LEGO-built trophy? Yes, it is 100% LEGO. <laughs> it is huge. It's heavy. Um, I'm, I'm definitely very excited to, to, to hold it again in person after my brief time with it on the show. Um, and then uh, we did win $100,000 US for me and Stacey to share, hey. uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but I, I would even throw out that it's not necessarily officially a prize, but I think one of the best prizes from this experience was just the family. Um, all of my fellow contestants, they're all just such incredible people. 
And there would probably not be many other circumstances where all these different people from all these different walks of life and kind of different levels of interest in Lego building would come together and share in an experience like this together. So and you guys that was all one of got along. It I seemed, away with is just all these lifelong friends. It it it, it seemed like uh, it was a competition, but it wasn't a it wasn't a contentious competition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, w I would say the friendliest competition you could probably imagine. <laughs> All right. So uh, okay. I'll tell you, Lee, as, as somebody with small kids watching the show, it's such a warm place to be invited to every week, knowing that you're going to see nice. people rooting for other people, as opposed to a lot of the other stuff that's on TV where I want you to do well, but I'm going to step on your neck if it means me winning. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and this yeah. is not what it is at and all. That, it's not that, uh, which is great. Um, and again, with families, it sends a wonderful message. Um, Nick? What does this do for you uh, and or Stacy yeah. going forward? Is there is is this a is this a career booster? Is this something that leads to uh, fame and fortune and <laughs> like? But what or is it just another step in your hobby? I, I would say it's a little bit of both. Like I do think there's obviously going to be lots of awesome opportunities to look forward to being the latest lego masters and especially the first canadian lego masters i hope that's gonna you know maybe bring more attention um to the lego building scene in canada i would love to see just more people getting out there and celebrating their love of lego building and play so i hope uh if anything like i hope what me and stacy did inspires more people um and i do think we're both you know hoping to look towards you know more fun opportunities to share our love of lego building and other things um i you know i've d done a lot of lego building content over the years so i'd love to have just more opportunities to do more cool things mm -hmm. with lego and stacy has a lot of experience with actually hosting and i i think this shows like kind of her capabilities as a as a television person like she i think can do so many more wonderful things um in the world of hosting especially if it can be related to lego and play um and then uh, oh i feel like i forgot the second part of the question <laughs> well hey you know what nick let me uh let me uh, just throw something else at you here sure. um just kind of a two-parter we talk about the first time that canadians are on the show will arnett's the host he's canadian yeah. for canadians watching it had a real canadian feel yet i kind of felt that the producers downplayed it a little bit because it is lego masters mm -hmm. usa yeah. um for behind sure. the yeah. scenes did you guys feel that there was a real canadiana swell oh yeah Definitely. Um, I, I would actually share that we actually, especially towards the end, we would occasionally sing the uh, national anthem before heading out onto the set <laughs> uh, to good. really get, you know, pumped up and be excited about representing Canada. Um, and then I really got to give a shout out to uh, one of the firefighters. Um, he goes by the nickname Crash as, as he became belovedly known on the show. Yeah, those guys are um, just so awesome. amazing thing for us where he kind of created like this chant for us to get into or this hype up or pump up where he would, you know, say a couple of amazing, inspirational things. And then he would go, uh, when I say Lego, you say Masters. And so we would just all get in on this. And this started actually pretty early on, too. And it was just a great way to get everybody fired up and ready to put their best. Sounds like a there, military so. troop, like Lego, Masters, like, uh, like that. <laughs> yeah, oh. and it was awesome. And I, I couldn't be more grateful to him because I, I think it honestly really did help us bring the best out in each That's of us cool. on the show. That's so, cool. Yeah. So it really was a team-on-team team effort the whole, mm -hmm. the whole way. Absolutely. And Absolutely how, many teams, how many teams, again, did it start with? 13. Thir or, 13. Well, it actually started with 12, and then one team was introduced partway through as a, as a big twist. Okay. So in the, in the end, in, in total, there were 13 teams And in competing. the final, there were how many? Three. Three. Wow. All Canadian. Yeah. All, All Canadian. Canadian. All Canadian. And... Uh, 
And uh, Brick really and Nick cool. and Stacy uh, come out on top. So let me ask you a question awesome. about, about that, Nick. Um, you and Stacy had never actually built together before, in person, <laughs> before the show. Um, nope. What is your relationship like now? I saw that at least uh, she was in your studio for a little bit. So you guys, but yeah. she's a West Coast, she's a BC, you're a GTA. Um, yeah. What does the future hold for you guys? Like I know, obviously, you were doing some interviews probably this week together, but now you're you know separated by miles. Is there a mm-hmm. is there a Nick and Stacy future together as Lego builders? Uh, I definitely think so. Like I think we're definitely excited by, especially because we're both content creators and we do live in the online world. Luckily, that kind of acts as a bridge over that big distance from the east and west coast. So I do think we'll be you know doing lots of live stream content together and other types of video content as well. And then um, there are luckily, amazingly, lots of LEGO conventions out there, both in Canada and the U.S. And so um, LEGO fans often use that as an opportunity to meet up in person because so many of us are connected online. So I definitely think you can expect to see Stacey and I. I'm so sorry. Oh, almost had a sneeze there. Um, That's okay. It's live. It's uh, yeah, live I think TV. you can expect to see Stacey and I attending a lot of LEGO conventions together. Not only is it a chance to you know just meet and hang out and spend time together again as, as a team, but uh, you know, just share our love of building with more are people. You guys, so. Are you guys both married? Uh, I'm engaged, and, and Stacey is married, yeah. so Yeah, and it was so cool that they're Damn, the families. It could, have been, it could have been a great backstory here. I'll, I'll tell you, Nick, <laughs> I was sitting at home, and my wife and I were tearing up at that part of the episode when your families came in. Like, that's it was, how... It was beyond incredible. That's how much of a connection yeah. some of the audience has with the show. And sorry, Lee, I'm, I'm geeking out a little bit here. Hey! Uh, just because I love LEGO Masters. That's why we're here. Um, so much. So I want to ask you this. Of all the builds, can you tell me which one was the most fun to build and which one was the most difficult to build? I, I do think the finale build would be hard to say is, it was not the, like was the most fun to build. It's it's it was just a really great time. We both really enjoyed it. Having twenty four hours really just allowed us to kind of go into a little bit more detail with some of the builds than we'd normally be able to. Like I honestly had like I think I spent probably a good six or seven hours just on the TV, and I had such a blast like really getting in on the details. Unfortunately, they didn't show the back of our build, but like I did like the auxiliary ports on there. I had the like antenna cable plug in. Um, wow. And on the back of our cupboard, we actually like we, we built a little sock that got lost behind the cupboard, and we did some like crayon drawings because kids love sneaking behind the cabinets and drawing on them and stuff, right? So, um, yeah, we just had such a blast with that. That's one. awesome. Yeah, it was uh, really, really fun. And then, uh, what was the most difficult build? Yeah, the most difficult build. Um, I would actually, funnily enough, say it was actually the water fountain challenge. Even though we did end up winning that one, and it was a big stepping stone for us to get into the finale. Um, that was just such a unique challenge to be taking on because you really were now not only dealing with the challenge of lego building but how you can incorporate moving water into your build um so you know we were dealing with pumps and hoses and it was sort of a a whole new thing to tackle um and obviously i'm really proud of what we came up with but um, you know i can very much kind of empathize with you know the team that did end up going the home that challenge because i was feeling a lot of the same struggles that they were throughout the challenge Uh, the thing that um and i guess i'm not totally schooled in the spirit of Legodom, mm-hmm. but the thing that would make me crazy is having to see these things dismantled or broken, <laughs> a, broken apart. It's like, I'd want to, if, if, if I was really proud of something, stuff that maybe didn't turn out the way I wanted it, no big deal. But if I was really proud of something, like your last build, like the one you were talking about with the, the, the water and the whole, like, I, I, it would it would almost be almost be like killing a pet to, <laughs> to, to yeah to, I get what you mean to break these things 
apart. Mm. How do you deal with that? You know, there, there is an element of like, you always know in the end, everything's pretty much coming apart. Um, so you go into the build knowing like, okay, this is going to exist for a time, for a purpose, but then ultimately, like most of the builds from throughout the challenges get dismantled so we can use those bricks in the next challenge. So it's honestly almost like really important that that does happen because we want to have as many bricks as possible. Well, to yeah, you got to recycle and reuse exactly. and, and yeah. it's, it's like reincarnation in a way. It is indeed. It is indeed. Absolutely. Um, I will say we're very lucky the the finale teams, all three final builds have been preserved and they're actually going to be on display in Legoland New York. That's actually one of the oh, prizes. Excellent. I forgot to mention. That really is exciting. so good. Yeah. So uh, I think they're going to be doing some stuff uh, in spring to kind of reveal the, the builds that are there. Um, and it'll be really, really fun knowing that those kind of have a home, and I can always go back and see, and see the final build. Now, uh, when you're someday. doing this, when you're doing this com competition, they supply the they they supply the bricks, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, how many? Do you have any idea how many Lego pieces you yeah. have yourself at home? Oh, myself? No. So I know on the show we had about f over five million. Um, I've always thrown out the very rough guesstimate of between 500,000 and a million. Uh, I have been collecting Lego pretty much my whole life. So uh, I even worked at the Lego store for a few years. So that was an amazing opportunity for me to really load up on pieces and stuff. Okay. Um, so I, I've definitely done some serious damage in terms so, of uh, so acquiring bricks. So do you ever come to a point, where, do you ever come a point where you're, you're, you're building something for recreation or whatever the hell it is, and you mm -hmm. say, oh, I need that piece, and you don't have it? Or do you always oh, 100%, have? percent, all the time, all the time. You do? Yep. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm Lego, Lego has like a very large library of like different pieces and parts. So even with this incredible collection, I do sometimes run into, oh shoot, I don't have that piece. Um, and I like to try to use a lot of newer pieces, especially. So a lot of the time, you're kind of waiting for parts to get into like wider circulation okay, before so you do can you, kind of get your hands on. Do you know what them. you don't know? Like, how do you know that there is a piece for that? Um, like? it, I think it just comes with like you know with time that you really really learn the system. It's like they in must have that. You piece. start to understand, like yeah, what kind of different pieces exist for what All purposes, right. and there are great resources online to like figure out like, okay, if I do need a piece, like what sets can I find in it? Because I have a lot of sets in storage, so I often will while I'm building a project be like, okay, I need this piece, I can't find it in my sorted pieces, but maybe it's hiding in a box of a set that I haven't opened yet. <laughs> okay. And I'll go and check online and then dig through the box and find it. <laughs> Amazing. Now, before we, before we say goodbye and wish you a happy new year, uh, here we are, we're sitting on December the 21st, mm -hmm. and if there is someone inspired out there or parents inspired they think that this might be a cool thing to get their children started in what is the best way what is your advice as to the best way to start getting to know the lego world i would say it would be finding a way to tie the lego building into something that you're passionate about so when i was growing up i really liked star wars and so Lego coming out with those Star Wars sets as I was growing up was a, like really, really exciting for me and really made me excited and passionate about building. And then as I got older and got into more video games, I started building stuff from video games and TV shows and movies that I was into. So kind of always having a little bit of a driving force behind the why you're building something, mm -hmm. I think will give you the motivation you need to you know, push through any you know, kind of hardships and difficulties you might find in figuring things out. 
So yeah, just always tying it back to something you're really passionate Should about. And I think start? me and Stacey did that with our final build on the show. And that's why we were able to really just give it our all is because we were so excited and in love with the idea right. that there was no kind of barrier or challenge that we couldn't overcome uh, throughout should the build you, process. Should you, should you start with a kit uh, or I, should I you start kits, yeah. freestyle? I, I do think kits can actually be a really good way to get started. You can learn a lot from building, especially if you just slow down for a second and, and pay a little bit more attention to the individual like techniques and the ways that the pieces are coming together. And especially if you find like a set that's related to something you really enjoy. So let's say you want to start building your own cars, find a great car set and use that as a way to start building a foundation. And then maybe even challenge yourself like, okay, I've built this car now from the introductions. Let me take it apart and see what kind of car I can come up with okay. with these pieces. Because the pieces are going to be well suited to building that anyways. So, Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, well, first of all, uh, before we say goodbye, goodbye, uh, congratulations. Thank We're you so much. incredibly <laughs> proud of you guys. Uh, and uh, pass on, if she's not watching, pass on our uh, congratulations uh, and kudos to Stacy as well. Will do. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing that uh, this has turned out the way it is. I can't imagine you must be over the moon, but uh, it's super that you took time out to come here to be with us. Uh, and uh, where is Lego World, Lego Land in New York? Legoland in New York, I think it's a, a two or three hour drive from New York proper. Okay. I don't remember the exact like city or town name that it's closest to, All right. um, but it is new. They just built it. I think they finished building it in 2020. So the timing was a little unfortunate for a theme park, yeah. but um, I know it's got a lot of amazing stuff for people to see. Well, congratulations. Uh, yeah, realistically, it's not super duper far from like, you know, folks in Ontario, especially. Yeah. Um, so could be worth the drive. <laughs> Including, uh, definitely would be worth um, the drive. Uh, especially since uh, one of the Lego Masters builds is from Canada and uh, and in there for all time. Brick and Nick, thank you so much. I hope you have a thank fabulous so holiday. I'm sure you will. Uh, uh, I don't know how you build a Lego Christmas tree, but probably you <laughs> have somewhere along the line. Uh, I mean, I have a tree that's on the floor there decorated with Lego decorations. So I didn't build the tree, but I at least built the decorations. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much again for having me. Oh, it was so much fun. I hope and, you guys all have a happy holidays out there. And Nick, and, uh, I gotta course, say, happy it, building out there too. <laughs> it was really underplayed, but the, uh, the tie and uh, Stacey's hair clip on every episode it was really cool really subtle and we loved it yeah thank you so much kevin i appreciate it i'm so glad you enjoyed watching so thank you thank you <laughs> good 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 job well done thank you very much for making us proud again got it cheers bye oh man that's so awesome talk about a good christmas vibe hey, kevin uh, the, you know the show is so heartwarming like i said they, they truly and you can see them how how much um they love the other teams. They're, they're, they're together for such a long period of time. Yeah. There's zero animosity between the teams. They're helping each other out. And in the end, you had a couple of firefighters named Steven from Calgary. I mean, who knew that firefighters in their spare time had a bit of a softer side and a creative side? I mean, these guys, well, the imagination that it takes, Lee, I am, I am short on imagination to compete on that level. The firefighters do have uh, great stretches of time downtime on their hands they have great stretches of incredible intense activity and they have great stretches of downtime too because they're victims of society and what happens out there so i'm i guess that's how they decided to, god bless them to uh to fill their time uh, in in doing that that's uh, that's pretty cool um 
let's uh, look at a few things that were headline makers, Kevin, over the course of the week. Did you see the story about the hue and cry that came out because a New York Times edition actually had a crossword puzzle in it that they got a lot of heat for because it was said that it resembled if you looked at it it resent the design of the crossword puzzle resembled a swastika um, I don't know whether we've got uh, the picture available or not but um, okay so and you're wondering what is it that represents the swastika well it's the white parts not the black parts uh, and you've got the thing down there and the thing like that and since I saw this I have been trying to decide whether it's coincidence or by design and it's the New York Times I somehow can't think it's by design am I being naive Kevin it was also on the uh, first day of Hanukkah so that's why people thought yes, that it was happy particularly Hanukkah, by the way, to those that insensitive. Celebrate. I, I took a look at it and thought, I think maybe it's a coincidence at worst. I mean, but I mean, New York City uh, has a very, very large Jewish population. Uh, the New York Times, I am sure, has quite a significant number of their staff of the Jewish persuasion. I just. I can't see this getting by by accident. I don't know, but when I look at that, I don't think swastika. I don't. Oh no, I don't. I, un unless somebody says it to me, I would have never seen it. And even like even now, Lee, as I'm looking at it, I'm like I'm tilting my head one way, yeah. kind of squinting my eyes, and going, "Yeah, I mean, I, I guess." I, I have guess to. So. I have to make myself see the shape in order to see the shape, which tells me I don't, I don't think there was any malice intended here. But it's caused a big, uh, big hue and cry. An uproar. Um, uproar. Lee, yeah. I want to let you know that we, uh, we invite people onto our program all the time, and I did get the heads up that our uh, next guest, Aaron Vizentine, was going to be hopping on the, sh on the program, so I'll let you take it from there. But uh, okay. Aaron's going to be promoting an upcoming event, and uh, I'll, let you say, I'll, I'll let you say hello to... Uh, Aaron. I'm very pleased to welcome Aaron to the program. Hello, Aaron. Hi, Lee. Thanks for having me. Hello. Oh, any pleasure, any time. That's uh, it's our pleasure yeah. to do so. What can we do for you today? Well, I I, w I just want to add into what you were saying. I did see that swastika crossword um, on Twitter because Twitter is the quickest way to get you know besides Niagara four one one. I get a lot of my news on Twitter. Uh huh. I and it looked like it was intentional to me. Oh, really? It seemed well. First day of Hanukkah too. That you now that you that's awful to think that it would be. Yeah. But uh, it's did you, very did, much did so you, a shape. It's did you notice it yourself, uh, or did you not see it until it was brought up? I well, I I was reading it and I looked at it at the same time and I was like, whoa, that. Is definitely something but yeah I it's uh, and the timing is just kind of 
interesting as well. Uh, are, are you are you Jewish? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm Italian. Okay. German, well, no, that's uh, and, and and I realize that that's that might sound like a line. bigoted question. It's only because no. there are some people that have heightened sensitivities to those kinds of shapes. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So, yeah, my opinion could come from my the way I yeah. think about it. Yeah. yeah perceive it. Um, no, it's I am a big fan of the movie Schindler's List, but <laughs> I uh I, I, I saw it and I was like, wow, that is something. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I appreciate yeah. the appreciate the perspective. Where are you calling us from today? So I, I'm actually calling you from work. I'm in Niagara on the Lake. I am at the Prince of Wales. And um huh. I'm representing mainly yeah, yeah. The beautiful Prince of Wales Hotel is where I am at. And it is indeed. Uh, are you busy? Um, I'm always busy with my work, personally. What, but, is your, um, what is your role at the Prince of Wales? I'm a therapeutic cleaner. A therapeutic <laughs> cleaner? What is that? I um, Well, I'm a, house, I'm a housekeeper here, house cleaner here. Ah, okay. But I, I call it a therapeutic cleaner. Uh, well, actually, uh, a, a clean room can be great therapy, no doubt about it. <laughs> thank you uh thanks for calling in uh, we appreciate the yes. perspective because that's what we're here for is to hear other people's opinions have yourself yeah. a fabulous holiday well here i'm here to talk to you about um mainly niagara actually oh we've got yes. a whole different thing going on we here got a whole, i just i just gave you my opinion on my own accord but i'm with mainly niagara oh, i'm sorry I'm i to totally lost the thread that's okay that's okay go um, i wear many hats so <laughs> this uh so there's an event happening on queen street in niagara falls at four six five eight on friday okay friday from five to eleven there's a new candy shop um, called Antidote Apothecary. I saw it, yeah. And it is indeed a really cool experience, not just shopping, it's an experience to go in there. And they're hosting an event and they're selling candy, they make candy in-house, they have bath bombs, they have candles, so they're doing a big huge sale, that's Friday, and um, the place is cool, it's haunted. <laughs> so if you're if you're into that thing, okay, um, it's yeah, and it's I was there last night with my daughter, and it was absolutely wicked. It was awesome. So um, check that place out. All right, now we let we've heard of Niagara on the Lake, of course, being haunted in in many places. Yes, but the Antidote yes. Apothecary, forty whereabouts on Queen Street? I'm pretty familiar with Queen Street. Where is it? Uh, up, so at the, the up at the river end or down at the lower end? It's down um, at the same block as Taps, so it's actually at the other corner. Oh, right down right so down near Victoria. That's right. So it's actually the specific address is 4658 Queen Street. All right. So, where, yeah. Where did that name come from, do you know? Um, you know, I didn't get a chance to ask Jamie, one of the owners, where he got the name from. Um, I definitely know they have an interest in, um, like, you know, uh, photography, ghosts, dark, all that stuff. Like, it's a really cool place. There's an actual coffin in the window. <laughs> um, they say there's a doll in there that's possessed. 
he'll tell you all about it if you want to go in there and ask some questions awesome. i suggest go friday friday 5 to 11 is the big sale and there's okay. nothing there's not one thing that you won't want to get there okay. it's so cool a candy yeah. store the antidote apothecary yeah. uh on queen street niagara falls and uh friday uh, what are the best hours so it's 5 to 11. okay that's yep. cool and yep and they have uh they have retro candy as well like candy that they you can't find anywhere else so it's not just like your typical avondale kind of candy right you're gonna find stuff that you can't find anywhere and this I is not your Christmas mama's candy store this is a this is the real deal <laughs> that's right all right and um I, 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 yeah i'm gonna be there it's gonna be so fun so very yeah. very very cool uh, well, sorry I got my wires crossed a little bit earlier. I was fascinated with the conversation <laughs> that we were having. But, uh, yeah, thanks for telling us about this. And, uh, You're I, welcome. I hope you really enjoy it. Yes, thanks. All okay, right. Okay, well, thank you for having me, Lee. Thank uh, you so much. Oh, thanks for checking in. We'll see you at the POW. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bye. You see... I was I, I was paying attention to our guest, and I I wasn't watching what you were putting up on the screen, uh, screen Kevin, and I uh, I uh, got uh, I got waylaid there. Yeah, no, no, no problem. So it's a cool event coming at uh, Queen Street. Yeah, and uh, our friends uh, over at mainly Niagara are helping in a big way with that. And so nice, so nice, so nice to see something cool and fun and uh, and new and exciting happening downtown. Uh, Niagara Falls. It's got a long way to go, but every time something like this comes up, it's obviously uh, positive. Um, Lee, I was going to hop into something here that uh, that was on Niagara 411. Hop away, my friend. This hop week, away. and we didn't talk about it, and I meant to, and I'm just coming up here on Google Maps yes. to along St. Paul West, yes. and then you come up to that rail bridge. Yeah. Oh, yes, St. Paul West. That was deemed uh, unsafe. Yeah, it was uh, deemed this past week. unsafe. So here's the report. Nothing over, what, 100,000 pounds or something? I think, yeah, something like that. So it's it's really weird. And this is going to be reduced to one lane of traffic until yeah. basically the spring or the summer, until right. it can be replaced. So that's a major bottleneck for traffic coming in and out of the downtown oh, and no going question. across. So, I mean, there is a detour, but by the time you detour around and go down Pelham and across Well, you got to go home that way. I go home that way. Tons of people come across that way, and now to have that bridge down to one lane, and here, when does it say it actually begins? Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. What it, What is there? Starts today. Okay, starts today. Uh, will be reduced to one lane. The bridge will remain open to vehicle and pedestrian traffic, but obviously big trucks, not so much. Recent bridge inspections revealed increased deterioration of the existing bridge. By reducing traffic to one lane, Niagara Region can extend the life of the bridge and ensure that the bridge remains open for vehicle and pedestrian traffic while lessening the negative impacts of heavy vehicles loads on the bridge. The bridge remains safe for vehicle and pedestrian use. Now, now, as Kevin says, there's the detour. While St. Paul Street West between Pelham and Louth will remain open, a detour will be in place, and you'll be able to follow the signs. Um, yeah, that was... Yeah, I, I've often wondered, Kevin, not that I go over that uh, bridge very often, but I've often wondered about the age of it, because it does seem uh, a little long in the tooth for a small bridge like that that gets so much traffic. 
Yeah, it's just too bad that uh, that it's going to be shut down. That they had to close it before it's being replaced. So now we're going to have one yeah. lane of traffic for like three or four months right yeah. through the winter. Yeah. Um, and of course, I guess that and it's means still not going to be that safe. And everybody that grew up in Niagara has a story of going Dukes of Hazards <laughs> over this bridge, right? Because everybody says if you get up to seventy or eighty or ninety or something like that, you'll get airborne coming over that bridge. And I've I've heard so many stories. Well, so many stories. Uh, you, you, you don't have one, Lee? How about uh, no, that bridge? No, no, I don't. No, no, that wasn't where I. That was uh, where. That's not the area where I spent my misspent youth. I had other. I had other areas. <laughs> what uh, what story do you want to touch on, Lee? I got to go put the uh, secret camera up outside, and I know there's a few things that you wanted to uh, make sure we talked about on the show. Um, today. I thought. I thought. I would uh, like to address the drag event protest in uh, in Welland. We had a young man on our show last week, Justin Preston, who is uh, heavily involved in the kids' help phone. Uh, he is the founder of an anti-bullying organization yeah, rise against bullying. rise against bullying thank you and he also is the driving force the only force behind something that happens every year at this time of year which is uh, letters by Justin and as part of the LGBTQ plus two times 47 8,000 letters community and I know I made that sound sort of sarcastic, but you know what I mean. And in, in the, the, the inclusive community in which we are all uh, hopefully one day going to be uh, embraced with um, in one way or another, because we're all part of the same community. And I guess that's the whole point of including all these letters is the fact that there was an event took place in... Uh, Welland, and it was a, an entertainment event, and it was uh, people in drag. There's Justin right there in his rainbow cape. Sometimes heroes do wear capes. Uh, and there was a show, a drag show, scheduled to take place at this location, and, and who showed up but our Freedom Fighters. And I wonder why. So there was an anti-event or anti-these people protest taking place from the so-called Freedom Folks or Freedom Fighters, which I can't stand the whole concept of it being called about freedom because it's exactly the opposite of what freedom uh, is, is meant to be. And the crux of the matter was the fact that the event went on as scheduled. A great time was had by all. Uh, the entertainers had a blast. The people that were attending had a blast. The person that owns the establishment where the event took place was thrilled that they were able to go ahead and do this. Um, politicians showed up to support the event. And I just have to wonder, what kind of freedoms are you 
protesting in 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 support of you folks that showed up to be angry and loud and disrespectful to this people that we're participating in or going to see the event. What freedoms is it that you're after? Shouldn't it be the freedom of those people across the street from you to have the kind of event that they want to have in the place they want to have it? And shouldn't it be the freedom of the person that owns the establishment to have whatever kind of event that they would like to have when they want to have it with whom they want to have it? That's freedom. Don't you get it? That's the freedom. So what the hell were you there for? You want to go up and wave a flag at Parliament Hill uh, in Ottawa? Go wave your Parliament Hill flag. You want to be political about it? Go be political about it. But when you're talking about a social function irrespective of whether it's part of your social circle or part of your lifestyle or not who the hell cares what's part of your i don't care what's part of your lifestyle go home have a beer watch the maple leafs get out of dodge like what's the point i don't understand why they call it freedom and here's something else kevin that pisses me off about these people yes these people that's what i said Sorry, Don Cherry. These people is the fact that it's come to make me almost dislike the Canadian flag. And that's not, that's not right. If you see a truck driving around St. Catharines and Niagara with five or six Canadian flags on it, guess what? Guess what? That's who we're talking about. And it pisses me off that they have encouraged me to now think negatively about the Canadian flag because I think negatively about you. That's not right. Damn it. So, congratulations to the people for having their event. I'm not part of the LGBT multiple alphabet community. Not my thing. But I don't mind that they are. That's okay, what they do. Doesn't bother me. Doesn't get in my way. Lee, we got some music coming up today by uh, Ryan Lund. He's an artist, well, sadly. Had to get you out of there. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Happy holidays. Uh, Ryan Lund is a singer-songwriter from Lincoln. He's been uh, playing and performing and also teaching and guiding over the last, gosh, decades, all across Niagara, he just released a new video for a new song called Comfort Zones. All right, uh, and I'll reintroduce uh, Ryan in just a minute. Um, I'm going to go take a Prozac and have a burger here at the lovely Fiddler's Poorhouse. Uh, I want to thank Nichelle uh, Laos, uh, Loss for uh, joining us and tipping us off to that... Uh, gift card scam. If you missed it, go back to the beginning of the show, please, and watch it. It's very, very important, especially since you'll probably be buying gift cards for this, uh, for this season. Um, and also to Brick and Nick, congratulations to you and Stacy, your partner, on winning uh, the, the Lego Masters event 
absolutely awesome and thanks for being here gales gas bars thank you for fueling this program verge insurance group for supporting us sorry i went on a rant a little bit earlier but uh, there are some things that just don't make sense to me kevin jack of WeStream, merry christmas to you and brandon scram and your families and uh, i hope you have a healthy and happy 2023 uh, we got a couple of weeks left uh, here on ye old programming but uh, nothing until after christmas so i hope all of you and uh, to our to those who celebrate also happy hanukkah and uh, merry christmas to all and uh, to all a good afternoon here's ryan lynn blunt Yeah, she's learning how to live with it, to get strength from her discomfort.
carry full of grace Comfortably numb as our ringtone Yeah, yeah Yeah, we ain't taking calls today We're sliding in airplane mode